Death is inescapable. We know this to be true because we go to the funerals for the people we love. We know it to be true because we sit in a place like this and listen to people like me talk about it. We know that this is true because just a few weeks ago, most of us were walking around town with ashes on our foreheads, with the words, you are dust and to dust you shall return, stuck in our minds. I talk about death a lot. I talk about death a lot because it seems like the rest of the world is hell-bent on denying it. Movie stars, pop icons, even politicians do everything they can to ignore the truth of their own finitude. Instead, they'll get the Botox or the facelift or they'll even participate in culturally relevant memes like dabbing or even planking. Even in church, we love to deny death. That's why far more people will be here in these pews on Sunday morning than they are right now. But if Easter is all about new life, then why in the world do we spend so much time talking about death? Here in the United States, millions upon millions of people gathered in churches like this one on Sunday for the liturgy of the palms. Christians like you lifted up your palm branches and said those all too familiar words, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Here at our church, I tried my best to impart upon all of us the staggering nature of being able to say, Hosanna on Sunday and crucify on Friday. Maybe you were here and you heard the gospel. Maybe you were here and you didn't. But by now, I'm sure that all of us have heard what happened in Egypt on Sunday. While we Christians sat comfortably in our khakis and our color-coordinated cardigans, while we shook our nursery-grown palm branches, two Coptic Christian churches in Egypt were bombed. Two men strapped explosives to their bodies. They walked up center aisles. They stood next to altars, and then they killed themselves. And they murdered dozens of people. Those Christians died doing the same thing that we were doing. Worshipping the living God who rode into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. The only difference between us and them is that the world they live in now is far more like Christ's world than ours is. What we're doing here tonight is not a normal thing. It, it defies conventional wisdom. Because we could be anywhere doing anything, but instead we're here in this place about to eat bread and drink juice. Being Christian is weird. It's strange. It's different. And in a lot of places, that's enough to get you killed. And so it was with those first disciples long ago who sat in a room surrounded by friends and we are here tonight to remember what Jesus said and did in that room. But the disciples who were there that night, they were there to remember what God had done long ago. The time had come to break free from Egypt, that horrible land where the Hebrew people had become enslaved. And as if that wasn't enough, Pharaoh had ordered that the firstborn males of every Hebrew family were to be slaughtered upon birth. I don't know about you, but I cannot imagine a reality where the powers that be would come and kill my firstborn son. But this was their life. 
And God decided this was the time for them to break free. So he gives Moses to give the people these very explicit and detailed instructions. It's like more complicated than the most awful meal you've ever had to prepare from a cookbook. Every household is to get a lamb, one year old, without blemish. The lamb is to be roasted, not boiled. And the blood of the lamb shall be taken and marked on the two corners of your doorposts. When I see that blood, I will know to pass over your house, for I will strike down the firstborn in all of Egypt, both the humans and the animals. And this is how you are to eat your lamb. Quickly, gird your loins, put sandals on your feet, and keep your staff in your hand, for I am the Lord. That's the story the disciples were getting together to remember. Remember something that had happened so far in the distant past. They sat like we are sitting right now, conversing with one another, telling the story from Exodus. But then Jesus did something strange. While they were eating, while they were talking, he took a loaf of bread and he said, Friends, I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to give my body for you. They passed that loaf of bread around and they ate it together. And before they were done, he took a cup. He gave it to them and he said, friends, I'm still doing a new thing. This cup is my blood. My blood that I'm pouring out for you and for the world. That strange night, strange night about remembering the past, remembering the Passover from years gone by, became even stranger. Because in the frame of the blood of the Lamb for that Passover, Jesus poured out His blood as the Lamb of God. Whenever we share this meal, we love to talk about forgiveness. Forgiveness for what we've done wrong. And that's good and right and true. It's something we should always say and do. But the first Passover, it wasn't about God forgiving the Hebrew people for anything they had done. Passover was about freedom. It was about God making a way out of no way. It was about journeying into a strange new land. The Hebrew people took blood from the lamb and they put it on their doorposts as a sign that they were the ones to be saved. Jesus took a cup and he told his friends that his blood was to be their freedom from a very different form of slavery. A slavery far worse than any power in Egypt then or now. Through Jesus' blood... We are freed from death. While sitting at the table with his friends, it's as if Jesus is telling them that when they see him hanging on the cross tomorrow, they're supposed to see a door, a door covered with blood. It's as if Jesus is telling them that his sacrifice, his death, is our exodus. I know it might not feel like it at times, like where we're in this room for a funeral or when we turn on the news and we see what's happening in Egypt or in Syria or in Afghanistan or frankly even here. But death no longer holds any control over us. For centuries, the Hebrew people remembered how God delivered them out of Egypt. For centuries, Christians have remembered how Jesus delivered us out of the slavery to sin and death. Jesus is our Passover lamb. His blood has been spilled into this cup and it covers the doors of our souls. 
Tonight, Coptic Christians, those same that were killed and murdered on Sunday, will gather in their churches to remember Jesus' final night with his friends, just like we are. They will remember God delivering God's people out of Egypt and God delivering them out of the bondage of death. And we might wonder, why in the world are they staying in Egypt? As Christians, why don't they just leave and go to another place where they can worship without the threat of death? Why not come to a place like our country where they can be free to worship as they please? Perhaps they will stay because they've already had their exodus. They've already been delivered from the reign of death into a strange new land we call the kingdom of God. Maybe they've been shaped by the knowledge and the faith that Jesus is their Passover lamb. None of us, thanks be to God, will ever have to suffer for our faith the way that the Coptic Christians had to last week and probably will continue to for some time. But I don't know what each of you are wrestling with. I know what movie you like. I know what book you like. But I don't know what's really going on in your heart. I don't know what sins you've really committed, though I do for some of you. I don't know who you're fighting with. I don't know who you need to seek reconciliation with, but I do know that we all have something. Whether it's doubt or fear or pain or anger, we've all got something. The one thing we all share is that this meal is our Passover. This is the blood marked on our door saying, Oh Lord, pass over us. This is our freedom. Because Jesus is our Passover lamb. I offer this to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God now and forever. Amen.